Jesus is led into the wilderness for an intense time of temptation as the serpent of old begins wielding twisted words against the Word of God. On The Bible Brief. Our goal is to get 100 new monthly supporters before the end of 2023. Will you be one of the 100? Give today at BibleLit.org. Back in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve enjoyed wonderful fellowship with their Creator. A fellowship unmarred by sin and corruption, with no separation between God and themselves. They'd been blessed by God, commissioned by God to rule, and commanded by God to only refrain from one thing. They were not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They could enjoy all other trees as they fulfilled their God-given purpose of dominion and rule. But by God's command, they couldn't eat from that tree. Because as God said, the day that they ate from that tree, they would surely die. God had spoken words of blessing, commission, and prohibition. But there were other words in the garden, too. Slithery words of an ancient serpent that twisted the words of God with deceptive questioning. Did God really say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The woman fell for the deceptive words, while the man stood idly by her side. They rejected God's words for the words of an enemy. That serpent of old, the adversary called the devil and Satan. They believed the enemy's words, and they ate the forbidden fruit. Twisted words became the ruin of the world. Generations later, the Israelites in the wilderness would learn a similar lesson, yet in a different way. They were in the wilderness for 40 years, being led by the pillar of cloud and fire in their wanderings. Starting at Mount Sinai, God had given them many words to live by. Words of the law of Moses, to be kept by the people in faith. God in His great power had saved them from their Egyptian slavery and brought them to this mountain. And through Moses, He gave them the Ten Words, called the Ten Commandments, and the whole law expanded upon that foundation. They were the very words of God for the Israelite nation. Now, despite God's miraculous deliverance of the people, they rebelled against Him at the edge of the land of Canaan. Instead of following His command to take the land, they instead cowered back in fear. And for this, God consigned that whole generation to wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years of humility and 40 years of testing. At the very end of those four decades, Moses got up in front of the people and he made this great speech that we find in the book of Deuteronomy, in which he said these words, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these forty years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you, and let you hunger, and fed you with manna bread from heaven, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, 
but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The Israelites failed to understand the very same thing that Adam and Eve failed to understand. It wasn't delicious fruit or manna bread from heaven that would ultimately sustain them. It was God's words, those precious words that, if obeyed, would have meant blessing in the garden and blessing in the land of Canaan. Twisted words may have ruined the world, but God's words are the only means to regain the blessing now lost. Now that serpent from the garden wasn't often seen in the pages of the Old Testament, but he was in the background of all the happenings. After all, he did usurp the dominion that the humans had been given by God. Through his twisted words, he'd corrupted the humans, and through his spiritual forces, he'd been in a rebellious rule over the world since that very first sin. Rarely did he make his presence known, but in every misdeed and misdemeanor of the humans, he showed his influence. But now, with the appearance of the Son of God on the world stage, Satan shows himself again in a direct confrontation with the recently baptized Jesus. Satan comes to tempt the Messiah with twisted words. Would the Messiah succeed where all other humans had failed? Let's see what happens as Jesus is led into the wilderness, like those Israelites of old. We read this in Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. It's a simple enough narrative but incredibly complex in what's happening. We read that Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, is led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days. But oddly enough, the Spirit isn't leading Jesus into the wilderness for a time of solitude. No, it's a time of spiritual warfare. Jesus is led into a time of testing and a time of tempting. Testing by God to show that Jesus is the Son of God and tempting by the devil to attempt to cause his downfall. We don't know the content of all these temptations, but 40 days is a long time for lots of deceit from this original deceiver. Further, through all of it, Jesus goes with no food. He's famished by lack of physical nourishment. And it's here at the end of the 40 days that we see Satan use his most cunning attacks. First, he appeals to Jesus' deity, and his command over nature itself. Satan came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. You can hear the same voice from the garden. If you want to be like God, just go ahead and take the fruit. Just go ahead, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus knows better, because he knows the words of God. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Despite forty days of nothing to eat, Jesus knows that he's not ultimately sustained by forbidden fruit or by manna from heaven. Instead, he's sustained by obedience to God's word. He won't make bread and self-service in order to prove something to Satan. He's the Son of God 
and he takes his commands from the Father. But then Satan tries a different tactic. This time he takes God's words and twists them for his own ends. Then the devil took him to the holy city Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Satan quotes from Psalm number 91 concerning actions that God will take to protect the one who trusts in him. And then this ancient serpent uses this psalm in an attempt to get Jesus to test his father's word. He essentially says, Go ahead, see if your father really will protect his son, if you really are the son. But Jesus, knowing the scriptures, knows that this is a road to ruin. Jesus replies, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Finally, we get to the last and perhaps most critical temptation for the Son. Satan offers something that will be given to the Son by the Father in the end of things, but something that's not the Son's at present. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. Satan offers all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. Everything that is already God's, and yet ruled over by Satan since the rebellion of those first humans. This tempter says, I'll give it all to you. I'll give you all of this if you simply fall down and worship me. You don't have to go through what you know is coming. You won't have to suffer as the Lamb of God. You won't have to spend the next few years on a long road to death. All you have to do is bow down. You can skip the cross and have the crown. But Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him until a more opportune time. And behold, angels came and were ministering to Jesus. Jesus resisted the temptations of the evil one. He passed the test as God's son. And just as was promised in the psalm that Satan used against Jesus, angels came at the end to attend to him. Rather than take the bait, Jesus trusted and obeyed his father, a feat only accomplished through knowledge and application of God's word. Satan left the presence of Jesus, but this won't be the last of his efforts. His dark forces will continue fighting this light that had come into the world, fighting to the death. But we can't leave this account of the temptation of Jesus without also looking at ourselves. This victory of Jesus was not necessarily achieved in himself, but through faith in his Father. Jesus trusted God's words instead of trusting in the twisted words of Satan. Where all others would take the fruit, Jesus repeats the command of God to Satan. Where others would have clamored for bread after 40 days, he still feasted on the word of God. Where others would have taken all the world's power and glory, he contented himself with the role that his father had given him. 
All this was achieved through the Word of God. Jesus knew it. He trusted in it. And he obeyed it. And in this, he was the ultimate example for all who would follow him. We need to know the Word of God. We need to trust what it says. And we need to obey it. This is all the ammunition a believer needs to fight the schemes of Satan and his powers. The question is, are we wielding the sword that God has given? Are we hiding it in our hearts for the times of temptation? Are we learning to trust in God and his promises? Without the word of God, we have no weapons to fight the twisted words that come our way. But with the word of God and with God behind his word, we have victory over all temptation. The question is, are you ready for the fight? Join us next time as Jesus begins teaching in the synagogues and calls some fishermen to follow him. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023